Mm. Yoo-hoo, it's Pia. I hope everyone is safe and healthy during this difficult time. Finally, we are back with episode two. I am a diamantaire. Ooh. And this episode, along with the next handful of episodes, have been coordinated virtually whilst we've been in lockdown. So I do apologize if there are any fluctuations in the quality of the audio, but I'm trying to figure it out and I hope you still enjoy it. So I wanted to create something that allowed women to put on my jewelry and like feel that a sense of armor came over them and they felt a little bit more confident. Hi, my name is Aya and I'm a diamond tear. Mm. I'm Pia Rose. You're listening to Get That Bread a show highlighting a variety of occupations, exploring what's involved and identifying the skills that are necessary for success. Hey guys, welcome to our first virtual episode coming to you from Luanda, Angola and Western Africa and London. Today we are speaking to Aya, the founder of Fine Jewelry. Welcome Aya. Hi, Pia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of your podcast. I've been really looking forward to this episode for quite a while because I can't wait to talk about diamonds. Please tell us what is your job? (laughs) Well, naturally, I'm a diamond tear. And what that means is I learned how to value and appraise rough diamonds um, and transform them into their polished form. Um, But right now what I'm focusing on is my sustainable jewelry company, uh, which uses actually lab-grown or cultured diamonds. Um, And we focus on using other sustainable and ethically sourced materials in order to improve the state of our environment, as well as positively impact uh, our communities. That actually is um, based out of Dubai, but I'm managing it um, between Dubai and Angola. So when you say I'm a diamantaire, what does that even mean? So a diamantaire is someone who is specialized in the valuing or appraising of gemstones and more specifically relating to diamonds. And it's also someone who typically works in the diamond wholesale market, um, trading rough or polished diamonds. How did you even get into this? So I actually fell into this by chance. Um, My background is actually in finance, and that's what I studied at university. But I was at a crossroads in my career. And um, so my family business is in the diamond trade. So my dad suggested I do a GIA course and I study diamond grading. And then I basically really enjoyed the course and moved to Antwerp and joined the family business. And what is a GIA course? So GIA is the Gemological Institute of America. They are the main body that um, studies gemstones and diamonds, and they also grade diamonds. And they have a wide array of education um, courses for gemology. They're like the go-to if you want to get into the industry and you want to educate yourself. So what are some of the things that you would learn? Um, So basically, you would technically need to know, obviously, the study of gemology and gemstones in their rough shape and as well as their polished shape. And then you would have to obviously learn how to appraise polished diamonds via their four C's, which is um, color, carat, clarity and cut. 
Some other things would be obviously to understand the supply chain from mine to market. So some things that I did during my training was go to South Africa and Botswana and participate in rough diamond tenders. So I learned a lot doing that. Wow. So as part of your training, you also got to travel. Um, yeah, I think uh, the diamond market is so diverse geographically. So it's really important to travel and uh, learn how the different markets work. So there's a lot of trading hubs across the world, such as Antwerp, New York, uh, Hong Kong, now more recently Dubai as well. So I, how do you value a diamond? So diamonds are actually one of the only commodities that aren't traded on an exchange because there's infinite amount of variations of what they can look like. So no two diamonds are ever identical. Uh, this actually makes valuing them really hard. Um, and even the best diamond tears are constantly learning how to assess and value them in their rough form. So what happened in, um, back in the 1940s is uh, the GIA developed a four C's framework in order to communicate how um, diamonds can be valued more clearly. And these four C's were basically uh, clarity, cut, color, and carrot. So what do the four C's mean? Clarity, cut, color, and carrot. So carat is obviously the weight of the diamond. Um, so one carat is equal to one fifth of a gram. And color is how little color there is in a diamond. So most diamonds are actually uh, yellow in color due to some of the nitrogen that's found in diamonds. Um, and the more colorless a diamond is, the more expensive it will be. But there's also fancy colors, um, which are diamonds that show hues of pinks, blues, and that's a whole other uh, grading scale for color. Um, clarity is obviously the amount of inclusions there are in a diamond or flaws. Well, diamond cut is actually how well a diamond is cut and polished, um, which also includes how well proportioned the stone is. So uh, poorly cut diamonds will actually look quite dull and have less brilliance. Um, and cut can also mean diamond shape. So there's fancy shapes such as pears, ovals, marquees. So considering these four aspects, the bigger the diamond doesn't necessarily mean the better the diamond. Yeah, exactly. So you can basically um, have a really big diamond with a poor cut or weaker clarity. But it really ju just depends on what the consumer is looking for. So obviously, you can look at um, a big diamond with weaker factors of the four C's. And how is a diamond formed? So a diamond is made of one essential element, which is carbon. And um, these carbon atoms have been exposed to extreme temperatures and pressures that give it the crystal structure it has that makes it a diamond. Um, so if we're talking about mined diamonds, they're formed underneath the Earth's mantle and have been shot up to the surface um, through deep source volcanic eruptions. Uh, cultured diamonds, on the other hand, what I use in my jewelry, um, has actually been exposed to those temperatures and pressures, but in a lab-made uh, environment, so in a man-made chamber. So your jewelry brand, Fine, is 100% sustainable jewelry. So it's actually hard to say that anything is 100% sustainable because the sustainability umbrella covers so many varying topics um, such as health and safety regulations to um, environmentally friendly products to ethically sourced materials. 
Um, but what we actually have started off doing is we strive to be sustainable in all aspects of our supply chain. Um, and we've started off by using cultured diamonds. So our diamonds are an environmentally friendlier um, alternative to mined diamonds because they're grown with sustainable energy sources. Um, they're also cut and polished in a diamond polishing factory that has been audited for health and safety regulations. And what drove your transition into sustainable jewellery? So um, I obviously started in the diamond wholesale market and I was working with natural diamonds. Um, and while I was uh, in that industry, I rarely saw women working in the market. Um, and I also got a lot of friends asking me to create their engagement rings. So I started thinking more and more about how I can effectively create something that spoke to the modern woman. Um, and part of that was also creating um, a company and a brand that um, was sustainable and forward thinking. So I didn't want to start working um, and creating something that didn't think about the future. In your jewelry line, do you only use cultured diamonds? Yeah, so I only use cultured diamonds and 18 karat solid golds. What is a cultured diamond? So a cultured diamond is a diamond that is formed in a controlled man-made process rather than beneath the earth's surface. And it's made up of the same chemical composition and has the exact same properties in terms of hardness and refractive index. And basically what makes a diamond um, a diamond, essentially. So a cultured diamond is the exact same as a natural diamond. It's just the way that it was formed is different. Exactly. So with fine jewelry, what's a typical day for you? So my company is uh, predominantly based online. And um, so what I usually do when I wake up in the morning is I check on uh, the previous day's orders and I get those ready. Um, I'll be communicating with uh, my factory to make sure that all the pieces are being made and being done on time. And then obviously I have things to, to do for social media and marketing. Where do you think the future of jewelry is going? Meaning, do you think it's going to be more affordable or expensive? Are people going to go more natural versus more cultured, classic styles, trendy styles? What do you think? So I think there is a big demand for high quality yet affordable jewelry. Um, people are looking to buy things that will last longer and they're thinking about the sourcing of the materials that brands are using as well. So whether you're going to be buying natural or cultured, the most important thing is, is, is it ethically sourced. Um, so that being said, there's also a trend to use uh, recycled gold and metals to avoid mining more metals as well. Um, and I think ethical sourcing and manufacturing is going to be a huge trend in the future and it will be the new norm. And what are some of the challenges of working with jewellery? So I think um, one of the more recent challenges that I faced is keeping costs low. So um, obviously I'm heavily uh, affected by fluctuating gold uh, prices. And I found it quite difficult to find a manufacturing facility for my jewelry um, that will allow for smaller minimum order quantities. So I work on a made to order basis, which means that I don't bulk produce any of my jewelry. And on the flip side, what's the best thing about being a diamond here? So what I've 
actually found is um, most of my jewelry has been bought as a gift for someone. So whether it's a birthday gift or uh, celebrating a milestone in someone's life, um, you're essentially part of a beautiful process um, that can make clients feel really special. And I think that's really uh, warming to see. The designs in your line are very feminine and super gorgeous. What inspired your designs? So when I first started thinking about what I wanted to create for um, the woman that I had in mind, um, I really wanted pieces that were easy to wear, that were affordable, but also um, designs that um, would make them feel very rebellious when they put it on. So a lot of the designs that I created initially had quite um, sharp edges and features. So I wanted to create something that allowed women to put on my jewelry and like feel that a, a sense of armor came over them, like, and they felt a little bit more confident. And here's the million dollar question. Why are diamonds so expensive? <laughs> um, well, diamonds natural diamonds have a very complex supply chain. Um, so multiple agents usually transact with the stones before they reach your typical ring or jewelry piece. Um, so typically the journey starts obviously with the mining company who then would probably sell it to a rough diamond trader who then sells it to um, the manufacturer or polisher of the diamond um, and then the manufacturer then sells it on to polished traders or jewelers. So there's so many steps um, in, between that, um, in between the supply chain and everyone's putting on their own margin. So by the time it does end up in your typical retail store, um, it is quite expensive. I mean, because they're not expensive because they're rare. Like that's a false conception. Because okay. some diamonds are rare, like it depends on the size and it depends on the colors. And it's not like a blanket thing. Yeah, it's not like a black or white thing. And lastly, do you have any advice for someone who's looking to become a diamantaire? So whether you want to get into the wholesale diamond market or uh, become a jeweler, I would say definitely um, identify your niche. Um, it's really, really important to have a strong brand identity because the market is heavily saturated and um, you need to invest in a lot of marketing to really stand out. Uh, so if you don't have a distinct style, um, I think it would be really hard to stand out. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Aya, for joining us. Thank you so much, Pia. It was lovely speaking to you and sharing my, uh, my experience in the diamond industry. 